Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show, episode 20. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, we've got Beck, we've got Stacey, and no Alex tonight, but uh, guys, we're, we're fresh off what was a very dramatic week of football. I think we're all exhausted just because of the emotional ups and downs in pretty much every game. Um, Beck, I'm going to throw it straight to you. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about you know your thoughts on, on, the, on the week that's just gone and yeah, some of the standout performances. I mean, the week, the season, the league at the moment is just insane. The competitiveness between the teams and the closeness of the games, keeping us all on the edge of our seats. Like this week we've seen three games in, go into overtime and they were insane, like, yeah, thriller overtime kind of games. But this is the, like, that's the 11th game just this year in six weeks that have gone into overtime. I think last year we only seen eight in the total regular season. So, yeah, just the matchup between the teams and how close these games are coming to is insane. Yeah, and look, and my my standout performance from uh, from week six was the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, I was watching that game very, very closely as they took the win in overtime against the New England Patriots. But, you know, for me, I, I just think there's uh, there's just something a little bit special about the Dallas Cowboys this year. I, I really think that Dak Prescott has taken a huge step in his career, and it just gives you so much. Uh, it gives you a lot to think about as we review a lot of these quarterbacks that are still very much, you know, uh, sort of in the developmental phase of their career. You look at someone like Dak Prescott who continues to take steps, especially after a big injury. So I think I think things are quite impressive there. The only thing I would say on Dallas is they need to sort out some of their, just their penalties and some of the decision-making by that head coach. I know that's a, a bit of a laugh online, at, uh, but, you know, it could cost them. So hopefully they can get that tidied up. But, um, yeah, uh, Dallas certainly looking the goods. Stace, what about yourself? Uh, again, a lot of uh, dramatic games in the NFL, but uh, who was the standout for you? Oh, man, it was a it was a big week this week. And, uh, yeah, like both of you guys said, it was Emotional for so many reasons. The OT games were just like next level stress. But I have to give a shout out to the Cardinals. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't really been on the Cardinals bandwagon despite them being undefeated this season just because I, I just still – Kyler Murray just still hasn't proven himself to me. But the fact that they won against the Browns where they weren't the favourites was, a you know, an odd game um, in the first place. But – um, their head coach was stuck on the sidelines with COVID-19. So not having a head coach, not the favourites, uh, going up against a, what is usually a pretty, like, intense run game from uh, the Browns and a secondary that's, like, you know, kind of scary on paper. And, uh, you know, it was just a question of, I think Kyler Murray can actually do it all now. You know, D-Hop being D-Hop, I think they've got something going. So they get, I guess they were my most impressive performance this week for sure. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment tonight, The Breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> Beck, isn't the NFL interesting? You know, we, we start off in preseason when there's – you know, you're sort of training, there's no pads, everyone's fit and healthy, looking their strongest and most athletic. And then, you know, you find yourself, you know, just a, just a few games in or, you know, where we're sort of six games in now 
uh, and everyone's busted, everyone's hurting, and it just really, you know, I, I guess one of, one of the things that we're sort of seeing in the NFL at the moment with all of the injuries and all of the issues is squad depth and, you know, who, who who's able to sort of hang in there and, that's really the, the first story of our feature game tonight as we look at the Cleveland Browns taking on the Denver Broncos. Beck, I'm going to go straight to you to talk to us about the Browns because, yeah, they've got uh, they've got quite a few dinged-up players. Uh, I'm feeling for the Browns at the moment. Um, they've been super unlucky this week and just coming up weeks. Like, with you know, they lost Jarvis Landry earlier in the year. Um, they lost Nick Chubb this week. Kareem Hunt's gone down injured and then... Baker Mayfield holding on to that shoulder injury that's been giving him a bit of trouble for the last few weeks. He's kind of done something to that this week. I'm sure we'll find out how bad it is um, coming up to the games on whether he'll start or not. But, yeah, this offense is beaten and battered and not doing so good. And like you said, it definitely pays to have some depth on your team and Stacey, um, at times like this. And, Stacey, to Tebex, but one of the things that I wanted to raise about Baker is – this is arguably one of the most important years of this guy's career. I mean, you know, yes, players, you know, they, they'll get an injury or so, but you know, he's got a he got a partially torn uh, labrum in in his non throwing shoulder. But it's pretty it's pretty serious. It's pretty difficult. Um, he's very tenacious and fighting through it. But you know, Baker Mayfield, who already has the world against him a little bit in terms of he doesn't exactly have all of the physical attributes going into a crucial year, trying to convince the franchise that he's the guy moving forward to give them that, to, to I guess, come up with the money, you know, uh, and, and sort of give him that big contract. This is a huge year for Baker, and, you know, it looks like he's going to have to fight his way through the season pretty significantly injured. Yeah, look, I think it might be a nice feeling for both you and if Alex were here, seeing, you know, Bayfield, you know, throwing tantrums again due to, his lack of ball security, right? Um, I mean, but that that labral tear is just a pain, man. Like I've I've had a couple, and they're just annoying to get through. And I think if if I was Baker, you know, he plays with such a chip on his shoulder his entire career, right? And and if I were Baker, I would want to keep turning up every single week to make sure that you can show the world that you can do this, right? But, you know, at the same time, we know that once an injury, you know, is sustained on the football field, it's just going to get worse. So I think given the fact that the whole offense is blown apart right now, it's probably a good time for Baker to step away and reset a little bit, give Case Keenum a game or two and uh, just, you know, get himself together and, and come back because I do actually think that they have a chance of taking this, you know, to a high level this year. Yeah, and like you said, being a pretty important year, you kind of want to be able to maintain it throughout every single game. So taking a couple of games off to give your shoulder a rest and let it recover. I mean, as a quarterback, it's a pretty important part of your body to keep healthy and maintain throughout the year. So, yeah, giving it a rest for a couple of weeks I think is probably a smart thing, but we all know Baker isn't the smartest person on the field. So I can't imagine him happily stepping back and letting Case Keenum step in for a couple of games. Yeah, no, he's very, very stubborn. That's his brand. And yeah, I look, I'd expect him to play, but I'm hundred percent with you, Beck. I'd be sitting him down because it'd be different if you weren't a contender, but you know, this team, when it's healthy, at it's very best. It's a contender. So, um, you know, they make a few wrong decisions over the next few weeks with a few of these injured players. And that could, um, that could have a serious impact. Um, and, and Stacey, one of the things that um, is a little bit interesting is it couldn't come at a worse time for Cleveland because, you know, if you look at what they do well, they run the football. You know, uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, that is, you know, that that that, that duo running style is, well, it's, it's taking over the league. You know, there's a few other teams that have sort of looked at Cleveland's um, system there and they're looking to copy it, but, you know, Cleveland still do it the best. But obviously with those running backs knocked around, you've then got to look at your receiving core and, 
you know, for me, whilst, you know, Baker has had some really good performances, I still don't feel like he's built, uh, I, I guess, great combinations with his, with his receiving core. And a player that I want to talk about is, is Odell Beckham. You know, he's been in the news a lot about, um, you know, uh, his limited receptions. What's your thoughts on Odell? You know, if he was to move to another franchise, is this, you know, would, would he be the big star number one receiver? Or, or, or do you think that, you know, he should stay in Cleveland as sort of a, a, a second or, or third wide receiver? I mean, I think the initial move, um, you know, was kind of surprising, but not at the same time. I mean, him and Jarvis Landry are a package deal, right? Um, OBJ's definitely had it going on for a long time, you know, at the Giants. And, you know, he's just made this big name for himself. But he's been so limited by his injuries. He's been so limited by the fact that there is that lack of chemistry with Baker. Yeah, no, look, I think it, I think the relationship with Odell is an interesting one. And, you know, it, you know, if they're going to continue with that model and look, he will get more, more touches in different games, but if he continues to sort of average, you know, low touches, he's definitely going to have to make the most of them. Um, Beck, I'm going to go to you now, but let's have a look at their competitor because, you know, the Browns are three and three, they're third in the AFC North, they're on a two game losing streak. You know, you look over at the at the Denver Broncos, they're in the exact same situation. They're three and three. They're third. They're in the AFC West. They're on a three-game losing streak. So after such a strong start, you know, the, the wheels are slowly falling off if they haven't already fallen off the, the Broncos team. But talk to us a little bit about it. And this all goes back to Teddy Bridgewater, who, you know, he's had a very interesting career, but yeah, just, just unable to sort of perform at a consistently high level. Yeah, when we look at the Broncos, it's quite an interesting team because I feel like the players that they have on their offense are skilled players and should be showing up and, you know, dominating defenses. They have this great um, running back in Melvin Gordon, um, their number one receiver, Cortland Sutton, and Noah Fan, who's also a great receiver as a tight end too. But they just don't seem to be putting up stats, and I think it's because Teddy Bridgewater just hasn't quite meshed into this offense and he just – his. An interesting quarterback, like he's, it's his eighth year in the season and he's played on four different teams. So he's had to learn four different offenses and make different connections with those players every single time he starts over again. And I think that's definitely affecting this Broncos team. I completely agree. And, uh, you know, what, what I've noticed with the Broncos is that they've really got an issue with converting on third down. And that's typically where Bridgewater goes, we have to make this happen. So I'm going to take it. And then as he does so, uh, he's got issues with his ball control. You know, his amount of turnovers and, and his lack of ball security is actually really worrying. But, you know, what you said about the rest of the offense is completely right. I mean, no offense being consistently good for the last couple of seasons. Cortland Sutton has been floating around on the roster for, for a while now. And he's actually finally... I don't know whether it's his connection with Bridgewater. And Stacey, sorry, I, I got to I got to jump in there, guys, because what what that, that's a really good point about the uh, about the offense. And can we say that this is a team that's a quarterback away? You know how you get some franchises because I mean, you, you look at their, the defensive side of the ball and they are outstanding. And there's a particular player who I want to talk about. He he is something special in the cornerback position, but their defense is outstanding. You know, and and I mean, you can't have the absolute elite players across your entire roster. But you look at their offense, and to your point, Stace, that they're, you know, they're, they're, there's some quality there. So what's your thoughts? Is is this team one quarterback away? I mean, you get someone in there, like Justin Herbert, as an example, you know, what he's been able to do to the LA Chargers. I mean, if they're able to get like a, you know, a, a, a decent rookie out of, out of the next draft class or, or two, that could be, um, you know, we could be seeing some great things out of this Denver team. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, we were talking off air. We, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is not the franchise quarterback for the Broncos. And, uh, you know, the problems that come with that is that the next two, probably one, at least one to two draft classes from, um, from the college is it's not looking great for quarterbacks. So I don't, I mean, is Teddy Bridgewater a free season kind of Bronco and, and that's where they're, they're heading. But at the same time, like the defense is so good that they're good right now. You, their offense is not great right now. Yeah, Beck, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, as, as much as they are one quarterback away, you don't want to waste the prime years of a lot of these players. You know, if you get that quarterback in too late, you know, you've already started to see a bit of a decline. So now's the time. They're going to have to make a, a big decision, as they seem to have to do every year. They're John Elway. Uh, they're at the Denver Broncos. But, look, a player, Beck, that I really want to talk about is this special cornerback, Patrick Satan. It's almost as if, you know, we, we, we know that there's a, um, you know, when you, when you talk about popularity, everyone wants to be a quarterback. And then close second is wide receiver. But, you know, the likes of Patrick Satan and Trayvon Diggs from the Cowboys, they're just bringing a little bit of flash and a little bit of enthusiasm to the position. I mean, you know, this is, this is great for the league in terms of, you know, some of these, uh, you know, higher, uh, I, I guess, these outstanding talents choosing the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's crazy the talent that we're seeing on the defensive side of the ball coming out of college lately. Like we always talk about the running backs and the quarterbacks that are coming out, but defense is showing up as well. And Patrick Satan has definitely done something this season to stand out. Like he's a cover cornerback that just does the right thing, is in the right place at the right time. He's making tackles, you know, he's covering, you know, big wide receivers. He's doing everything you want him to as a rookie. Yeah, no, he is, he's absolutely special. And I, you just, it just makes you think, you know, there's going to be a generation of young kids that look at, you know, these flashy cornerbacks and, and decide to, to, to play defense. And I think that's great for the game because for a long time there was a little bit of an unbalance there. All right, guys, well, look, I think we've got a, a difficult task on our hands because, you know, um, as we mentioned, the Browns have got some injury concerns. I think the Denver Broncos have got 12 players injured at the moment and that, that number seems to be rising uh, by the day. So two teams that have been very well knocked around uh, Beck, I'm going to I'm going to go to you first for the impossible task of picking this one. Uh, yeah, who have you got, Cleveland or Denver? Oh man, this is such a tough tough decision because yeah, I feel like they're both sitting on the cusp of being, you know, either great or terrible um, with a couple of players here and there. Um, pending Baker Mayfield, if Baker Mayfield plays and we get. Um, you know, Nick Chubb back this week, I think the Browns will win. Um, but they have to be able to establish that run game because they are coming up, you know, against a pretty fierce D-line in the Broncos. Um, oh, man, this is so hard. I think oh, I'm going to go with the Browns just because um, I'm hoping, you know, Baker Mayfield, hopefully his injury isn't too bad and he can show up and, you know, be that spicy player on the field that's going to lift the offense. Yeah, look, I think all signs lead to a narrow victory by the Browns, but that's why I'm going to flip my decision. I'm going to go Denver because that's that's the wacky world we live in the NFL at the moment is that there are just so many upsets in the competition at the moment, and, and this has got upset written all over it. You know, the Browns have been a bit knocked around. You know, Denver, they're quite disciplined, and, and well, they're an outstanding defense. So for me, look, I'm, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to jump out there and say that Denver get the job done, but I think it's going to be a very close game, and, um, yeah, it's going to be going to be an interesting one to watch. Stacey, what about yourself? <laughs> Difficult one to pick. Oh, isn't it? I mean... 
I think for me, you know, we mentioned on previous episodes that, uh, you know, one of our intro topics was which which team did not represent their scorecard. And um, both of these teams were our picks, you know. So we didn't think that they deserved their 3-0 and no start. Um, but I think for this week, it's going to be survive and advance for the Browns, right? I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game at all. Um, but I think that they are the better team on paper. And even pending Baker, if he plays with that labrum injury, hell, even with Case Keenum, I'd still give him by a field goal. So I'm taking the Browns on this one because I just think that they have that dog in them. Yeah. This season is different. Yeah, no, and, and you're right. And it's yeah, and just to be very, very clear, a huge clash in the AFC and, and a game that both teams, they desperately need to win. So, yeah, we'll be keeping a close eye on that. Talking about teams that need to win some football games, we're going to move now to our next feature game in the breakdown, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders coming up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, guys, let's just quickly touch on the Raiders because they have been a little bit popular in the media for all the wrong reasons. Uh, Beck. Obviously, very, very disappointing. Um, you know, I've, I've spoken to a few people. You know, don't let the door hit you on the way out for John Gruden. But, you know, it must be very, very disappointing for fans who, you know, whilst the Raiders, you know, they are up and down as a franchise, there's a lot of talent in that football team. And I, I guess, you know, from the outside looking in, a lot of people are predicting that they'll nosedive now and, and basically this will be a write-off season. What's your thoughts? Do you think that this team can sort of pull together or... You know, do you think this is just this is just too big of it, too big of an issue? And um, you know, we might be looking at uh, you know a season lost here for the Raiders. Yeah, it's definitely a difficult situation for them over the Raiders. Like, it's hard enough to lose a head coach, let alone to lose one under the circumstances that it has been. Um, in saying that, you know, Gruden has been there for a few years now, and it has probably put in some you know, game plans and skills within players like Derek Carr. We've seen such a change in his game over the last few years to be able to make them better players on the field without him around. Um, so I think that, you know, if they continue to play the way that they're playing, um, you know, and they have the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator step up and, in you know, keep the kind of game plan instilled into them throughout the season that they'll be able to, you know, maintain the play that they are playing. And Stacey, I I think, you know, one of the issues I've got with the Raiders is they lack an identity. You know, I I think they were headed down a particular path, um, you know, with their running back in Josh Jacobs and, you know, they sort of wanted to be a really physical football team, but I, but I think they sort of failed to just quite get that build right. Uh, and then suddenly you had this tight end exploding, Darren Waller. So you thought, okay, well, that's going to change the way in which they operate. I just feel like they're okay at a lot of things, but they're not great at one particular thing. And for me, I just think they lack an identity. And, you know, when you're trying to when you're trying to build an identity, it's very difficult when you've got an interim head coach um, situation. But, yeah, look, uh, same question to you. Uh, do you see this season imploding for the Raiders or do you think this is something they can they can sort of you know keep on the rails because you know Derek Carr he's had a he's had a pretty good season so far I think definitely that you know the team pulling it together um I think is entirely possible because I mean like Beck said you know Gruden's probably they've they've installed the concept they've instilled the culture um yes the fact that that culture has been headed by someone that they probably don't want to be around that you know the playing quality of these players has definitely improved and you know we were super excited about watching the Raiders you know and I don't think that shouldn't continue you know having but you are right in not having an identity makes them a little bit more vulnerable to specific areas, right? And, you know, that really hinges on Josh Jacobs. And, 
you know, he had big hype coming into this whole thing, but I just don't know. He hasn't, he, I don't know if he's worth the hype. I, I, he might just be getting yeah. started, but now with Kenyon Drake taking a lot more touches, I mean, he's, he's excellent. And I've watched him for a, a good couple of years since coming from the Dolphins, you know, and, and he has that extra bit of talent that's really impressive, you know, with his hands, you know, he's super skilled as well. So there, I think there, their offense is in the process of coming together, but, you know, for them not to be known as a hard hitting run style offense or a, you know, a fancy, you know, West coast style spread offense that's, you know, taking advantage of all the secondaries. I mean, I, Derek Carr is an amazing quarterback and I, I think that he can do, you know, with the team can do a lot, even without Gruden. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing they're going to have to, because those players are going to be under the microscope. I mean, everyone wants to see a clean out of the Raiders, you know, from a coaching perspective, obviously after what's happened, but also too, you know, this is not the time to dip in terms of form, you know, given where this franchise is at the moment, if you suddenly dip in form, I don't, it doesn't matter whether you're the starting quarterback, you're the star tight end, defensive player, offensive player. Um, you need to make sure that you're putting the runs on the board and you're performing because um, yeah, all eyes will be on those players. And, and, you know, I think, on that too, it'll be specifically the players that Gruden's drafted because there's been a lot of criticism in and around that. I think, you know, we all love draft day. So I think, you know, there's the entertainment value of watching the draft for the draft, but also watching the Raiders every year because um, him and John Gruden's draft picks, they are, they are something. Um, all right, guys, well, let's jump over now to another interesting football team in the Philadelphia Eagles. And I say that because... You know, you talk about some of these modern uh, quarterbacks that have come through, and they've been pretty well established now for the past few years. So, you know, Beck, we, we've we've got a pretty good feel for these playmaker types, um, you know, such as Jalen Hurts. But I guess for me, it's, it's just a little bit too early to definitively say whether he's going to make it in the NFL as a long-term starter in Philly. But, yeah, what's your initial thoughts on him? Because, yeah, it, it is still early days for Jalen. Yeah, it's only his second year in the league, so it's hard to tell um, how well he's going to do, especially when he is on a team like the Eagles, who I think is still trying to establish um, a strong offense. But in terms of Jalen Hurts in himself, I like him. I think he um, has some good potential to be, you know, a, a franchise quarterback. Like I think he could be the guy somewhere. I just don't know if it's going to be at the Eagles. I don't know if you can necessarily be a franchise quarterback if you don't have the arm strength. Like, we just haven't seen it from Jalen. Like, he's he's scored more touchdowns with his legs than he has with his arm. And I think that his decision-making doesn't allow for him to pop off those Hail Marys as much as we see from, like, Rodgers, for example. Like, and I don't know if it's going to take a little while to improve the arm strength, but I just haven't seen it. And he's inaccurate at the moment. And, and as far as I can concern, it takes a long time to train your accuracy, right? I think for me with Jalen is, and, and one of the things I think we need to think about is taking advantage of that rookie contract. There, There's... You know, in terms of trying to rebuild uh, a franchise, and, and that's kind of where the Philadelphia Eagles are at the moment. They kind of missed their Super Bowl window. Um, you know, a lot of their players aged out, and they're, they're sort of slowly rebuilding. Well, you know, that's you know the best way of doing that is having a very cheap quarterback. So I think you know the Philadelphia Eagles have the opportunity to kind of you know uh, have Jalen Hurts. They've got to be very very smart about the roster they're building in and around him because they only have that opportunity for a couple of years, and then. To your point, if, if if it doesn't work out, if he doesn't take the steps such as a Dak Prescott, uh, then ultimately you can go searching. And, and, you know, there's a few whispers already that they're sort of looking at some other options, but at the moment I, I think Jalen's still their best bet in the short term. 
I mean, he has to be showing something special or something significant at training for him to beat out Joe Flacco for the starting position. Like there has to be something there. Like the coaches are seeing some potential in his ability to beat out such a experienced quarterback. Becky also beat out Carson Wentz as well. Don't don't forget that he got him shipped shipped out of town and, uh, yeah, Carson Wentz, you talk about a roller coaster ride. Watch, watch that guy play quarterback. So that, that seemed to be the right decision there. I mean, a quick one on that, Stace. What, what, what's your thoughts? Did Philly, you know, I guess there was a lot of 50-50 as to whether, you know, whether they came out on top. What's your preference, Carson Wentz, who does have a massive arm, uh, or, or Jalen Hurts? What, what, what do you think there? Did Philly win that, win that trade? I mean, yeah, I think they won the trade. I think... It's just teething problems. I really think – I still don't think that he's the face of franchise quarterback, like for the Eagles right now. I think that he's a product of his situation. He's in a bad system at the moment. I don't think it suits him. Nick Sirianni is, uh, you know, he just – he's expecting too much from Jalen. And despite his maturity, like the game against the Bucks, right, like to have, to have that second-half comeback showed so much maturity from him as a quarterback. He used his legs when he had to. He used his arm when he had to. But he also started realising that he's got other players around him too. But his problem is he hasn't figured out his own passing game yet. Yeah. So I don't know whether it's a lack of not, not having seen what is coming at him and being able to figure that out, his niche. But when he figures that out, he's going to be like, he's going to be, he's going to be pretty good. And there's a little bit of pressure there too. He needs to make plays because his defense isn't very good. And that, that still takes some getting used to because, you know, one thing that Philly has been able to do is be quite effective on defense. And yeah, that's certainly something that they're not at the moment. All right, guys, let's quickly tip this one. Again, uh, another challenging one. Look, for me, I'm going to jump straight in and say that the Raiders get the job done here. I will predict, though, that this little surge after the loss of Gruden, I don't think it's going to last for too long. So they won last weekend. I think they get the job done just against Philly, but I think there might be a little bit of dip uh, coming for Las Vegas. Beck, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I think as um, much as I like Jalen Hurts, I think he's still there's still some growing room happening on the offense over there and their defense, like you said, there's not much going on there either. So against this Raiders offense and their D-line as well, like Raiders have a pretty good defense too over there. I just think they're going to take this one so long as they can maintain that play through like that hype of playing for each other. Yeah, and it would be good to see Darren Waller step up. You know, like we, we spoke about him in the preseason in terms of challenging Kelsey and challenging George Kittle as the best tight end in the game. Well, you know, statistically he's there, but, you know, we, we need we need more uh, from him for sure. Stace, what, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, look, I'm going to – I was going to take the Raiders, but now that I've started to have talked about it, I'm going to I'm going to flip. I'm going to flip and I'm going to take the Eagles, um, mainly because, like, the faith that I saw in them in that second half comeback with the Bucs was something, something special. I mean, Miles Sanders actually – took off, which is something you don't really see from Miles Sanders, and he's totally capable of it. Quez Watkins has come out of nowhere. I'd never heard of this guy until last uh, until Thursday um, in that game. I said, you know, but the, the burden of the burden of the team solely relies on this offense because the Philly defense isn't actually that bad. You know, holding the Bucks and not conceding much on their second half shows what their defense is capable of. And it's going to be enough to keep them in games, barring any major injuries, though. So with having Zach Ertz being traded last week, Dallas got it, hopefully back off the COVID-19 roster. I think this is, this is a good thing for them because they've actually weathered the storm through the toughest part of their schedule. So I'm going to take the Eagles, but it's not going to be my match. 
All right, guys, well, let's jump into our final segment tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing Closing Time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and in rapid fire, we well, we do exactly that. Rapid fire through the remaining games. And, well, Alex, um, she may not be with us tonight, but she has mailed in her tips and going to go through her block of games to start with. And she's got the Tennessee Titans coming up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Alex has mailed in that the Chiefs will get the job done, but she still wants to have a little bit of a dig at their defense. This is something that we've been on for a few weeks now. So, um, again, you know, we, we still want to see some improvements on that side of the football. Um, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he's still leading that offense statistically. They're, they're still one of the best in the uh, in the league. But you know, some of his decision-making, you know, and, and again, you know, it's only sort of one or two decisions that, that are concerning, but that's not Patrick Mahomes. You know, usually, you know, he sort of sits in his own sort of level and he certainly sort of hasn't been able to do that. So I think... Some of the pressure from how poor the defense is being is applying significant pressure to Patrick Mahomes, and he's making more errors than uh, I guess what we're used to there. So, but Alex has the Chiefs to win that one. All right, now I know this one hurt Alex to say, but the Green Bay Packers are coming up against the Washington football team. So I had to get this out of her a few times, but she did concede and say that the Packers will get the job done here, and I know that hurt her. But, um, yeah, obviously Aaron Rodgers is doing his thing. And, look, Washington, you talk about football teams that are a quarterback away I wouldn't necessarily say that Washington are in that space yet, but they're getting close. You know, they they have all the pieces on paper. And, you know, I just wonder with this amazing defense that hasn't exactly been performing this year, I wonder whether they're just a little bit deflated, you know, that the offense just can't get it done. You know, Heineke is doing his best best efforts, but, um, yeah, I, I think those two teams are in a different class. So, uh, yeah, Packers uh, there for Alex. And in the other game, her underdog tip of the week is... The Cincinnati Bengals are going to get the job done against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, well, you know, Lamar Jackson, you talk about some MVP uh, level performances and he is, well, he's been playing outstanding this year, but you know, you just have to credit Joe Burrows and and what he's been able to do there in Cincy. He's been outstanding off that major injury. So yes, that would be one huge upset. Uh, Stace, what about yourself? Talk us through your games. Oh, I have to say I definitely am on board with uh, with Alex's underdog pick. Loving the Bengals this year. Um, I, my first block, I've got the Giants versus Panthers. Um, you know, the Panthers are having an up and down kind of season. Um, you know, unfortunately, Sam Darnold, uh, you know, he turned, he started really, really well. I was like, who is this Sam Darnold? I'm not who is he? Obviously, I've been watching him for a long time being from USC. But I was like, finally, he's come into a system where he can just be Sam Darnold, right? Um, but unfortunately, it just isn't ending too well for them at the moment. Um, but that said, I mean, the Giants are just bad. So I can't take the Giants. Even though I did that one time in my underdog and we got it, I don't think that they're going to be able to get it done um, this week. Uh, next up is I've got the Falcons and the Dolphins. Again, it's bad on bad it's just trash fire week this week it's not fun um you know the dolphins lost to the jags uh which is i i I predicted it i thought it was going to happen um and it did but i don't think that they're going to be able to take down maddie ice um and the falcons so i'm taking the the falcons on that one but not by a, a, a large margin and then my next is the favorite game it's the rivalry it's the patriots versus the jets and Mac Jones is just playing a stellar, stellar 
just, you know, maintain the ship kind of season and that's what we kind of like. Um, so I'm taking the Patriots on this one and I'm hoping that we blow out the Jets. I mean, you really hope that we blow out the Jets. So it's going to be fun watching um, Zach Wilson and, you know, Mac Jones face off for the first time in the rivalry. Yeah, and look, we move through to my uh, block of games, and I've just got two this week, so picking my underdog tip of the week is going to be a little bit challenging, but here we go. I've got the Rams coming up against the Detroit Lions. Now, no, I'm not quite brave enough to say that Detroit will get the job done, but... You know, I, I think there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of excuses. There's a first-year um, quarterback. There's a first-year coach, obviously, a first-year quarterback coming in from the Rams. Um, so, you know, Jared Goff, there's going to be a lot of emotion in this game. He's going to want to, you know, prove everyone wrong. So, you know, I guess everyone's expecting the Rams to uh, win this game convincingly. That won't be the case. You know, Jared Goff, he's going to come in and give this game everything he's got. And, you know, Jared Goff has flashed in his career. I take you back a couple of years, and one of the craziest games of football I've ever seen was a game where the LA Rams took on the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think the game ended up being 50 points to 40 or something like that. So just beware of an angry Jared Goff. And, you know, his coach has said a few things. Well, he's, he's been very direct, actually, about his criticisms um, about his quarterback. So, um, yeah, look, for me, I think Detroit are going to give uh, the Rams a bit of a show there, but I still think the Rams will get the job done. We move forward now to a very interesting game where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming up against the Chicago Bears. Now, again, on paper, you just think this is going to be an automatic victory to the Buccaneers, but not so fast. I think what we need to do is look back to last year where, you know, the Bucs, they had a rude shock when they were upset and they were defeated by the Bears um, and ultimately it was through pass rush and just uh, getting pressure to Tom Brady. So look for me, I'm going to, this is going to be my underdog tip of the week and Alex did not pay me uh, maybe a little bit to, to say this, but I, I, I think the Bears could um, surprise uh, the Bucks in this one. And I think the Bucks. Whilst they are winning games, uh, I, I don't quite think they're at their absolute best at the moment, especially on defense. Uh, you know, they really need to to pick things up. So for me, uh, you know, the Bucks are quite vulnerable at the moment. Uh, yeah, not you know, they, they do have the greatest uh, quarterback of all time. So uh, it's it's very very hard to uh, tip against him, but I'm doing it this week. All right, Beck, uh, round us off. Yeah, starting with my first game, Cardinals versus Texans. I feel like this one's kind of a no brainer. Um, Cardinals are 6-0, like they're dominating the league at the moment. Kyler Murray's just doing his thing um, on the field and the Texans are not. They're the opposite. There's not much going on over there. I think, you know, their biggest playmaker is Brennan Cooks and he has a quarterback that can't really get the ball to him. Their defense is not much going on there either. So the Cardinals are definitely winning this one by a lot, I want to say. Like I think there's a couple of scores in this game. Um, And then the next game I have is 49ers versus the Colts. Um, This is going to be my underdog pick of the week. I mean, the 49ers lost three games in a row. They've had a bye week. So they've had time to rest and recover, um, get some of those injured players, hopefully ready to get going. But the Colts, I think they've had so many close games the last few weeks, you know, games that have come down to field goals or touchdowns um, in the last quarter. And, I mean, their offense doesn't look terrible. Like, it actually looks like they could get over this one. Um, yeah, so I'm picking the Colts as my underdog this week. I hope they back me and take it, but we'll see. Um, and the last game is the Seahawks and the Saints. This is a super tough one for me because, you know, we've seen the Seahawks lose Russell Wilson. Geno Smith came in. Um, he didn't play great, but he didn't play terrible um, against the Steelers. The Steelers have a pretty good defense. So, um, yeah, it's hard to tell how well... 
um, Gino Smith really can play with some more prep time and stuff like that. Um, our defense is still not looking very good. And this Saints offense have such a strong running game and our defense just cannot stop that run. I think it's one of our weakest points on our defense at the moment with the Seahawks. So it really pains me to say this, but I think the Saints are going to win this one. And yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, well, and and I think it's going to come down to play calling because, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing with Gino is that they're trying to limit him, you know, that they're they're playing the game as if he's a backup and he's he's very limited. You just can't do that. I mean, I I get it. I I know he's Gino Smith. I know he's a backup, but you're going to have to take risks and chances. And if... And if, you know, if, if that doesn't I mean, work, then it doesn't work. So, no, I, I think I think you're onto something there. Yeah, we're missing our two starting running backs as well. So we're on to our third and fourth string running back with this backup quarterback on that behind the O-line. So, yeah, just I don't have a lot of confidence. All right, guys. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. If you did, please download the podcast, share it with family and friends, and find us on social media. We're available on all platforms. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.